Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That actually is pretty good. They can't tell. No, no. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Brian. Kevin. Kimberly. You're drinking? Kimberly's drinking. Kimberly's yeah, drinking. Sorry. <laughs> Have you been having fun listening to us week after week after week after week after week? We're done. After week. After week? Well, we want to invite you personally to see Broad Wasted Live at the Bell House in Brooklyn as a part of New York City Podfest with our special guest and future friend of the show. Future friend of the show. Friend of the show. Future. <laughs> Krista Rodriguez. Krista Rodriguez. Rodriguez. You may remember Krista from uh, NBC Smash, from the upcoming NBC show Trial and Error, or on Broadway in shows like In the Heights, First Date. Adam's family, and both Spring Awakenings. So come check us out at the Bell House in Brooklyn on April 9th at 1 p.m. It is an 18-plus event, so make sure if you are under 21, you are staying safe. And if you are over 21, you have a Bloody Mary or five. <laughs> and you can get your tickets now um, on nycpodfest.com. Go to our Instagram at Broadwasted or our Twitter at Broadwasted. So come see us and get drunk with us. Join the happy hour, Broadwasted Live. Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and today we're on the edges of the world in our pony girl party dresses oh, to no. visit the house on Maple <laughs> Avenue. Okay, fine, we're in a bar in Manhattan, but we could always be flying away to PA. Okay, it all comes back to me, okay? So, what I'll do now is throw on my raincoat of love, head to my phone home, grab my ring of keys, and head out with my maps. Yes, I know, I have a flair for the dramatic... But it'll take me days and days to rework my internal telephone wire. <laughs> Not too bad, right? 
your glass is only like a quarter down. (laughs) It's the third one. Uh, Joining us today are the usual clueless in New Yorkers, including Kevin, I'm changing my major to Jager. I I had a thought on the subway you were going to do that for me, and I got so excited for that. Oh, really? I'm so glad that worked out. You're welcome. Thank you. I hate you both. Kimberly, our game master, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. Yes, hello. And soon to be wed. Soon to be wed. Uh, And with us today is a two-time Tony Award winner whose Broadway highlights include Tommy, Titanic, Assassins, Cymbeline, Love Music, Hedda Gabler, Evita, and of course, if you couldn't guess it, Fun Home. (laughs) He's also an accomplished musician with three studio albums, uh, one of which is um, Piety, a lushly orchestrated acoustic album, which I've listened to and is fantastic. Oh, thanks. Um, Let's give a big Broadway and welcome to Friend of the Show. Friend of the Show. Friend of the Show. Michael Cerberus. (laughs) Hey y'all! Welcome. Uh, well, apparently we don't clap in public. Oh, we can. We can. Yeah! Golf claps. <laughs> I know we all are like behaving in a bar right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. think well, watching the Rangers game up front. I think we're all right. <laughs> they have no idea right. what happened. What are we in right now? We are in uh, the Peter McManus Cafe uh, on Seventh Avenue. Um, I'm enjoying some lovely drinks. It's like it's one of the, those rare and and diminishing genuine Irish pub. You know, oh, yeah. Places that Absolutely. have been around forever, with like a real like dive aesthetic, without totally. feeling like not, but not like a pretentious like right. posed one. It's Absolutely, just, no, it's totally. exactly. actually just been here that long. And yeah. shout out to Eileen for taking care of us. Yeah. thanks, Eileen. <laughs> um, so I guess that leads us to what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? <laughs> uh, cool? I'm I'm drinking a Jameson and ginger. Nice. Because you're classy that way. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm just the getting only started. person who comes to an Irish bar and has a margarita. But it's yes, in a Guinness yes, glass. But it's in a Guinness <laughs> glass. So I feel go. really good about that. It's green ish. It's green Because there's a lime. It's fine. Yeah. Kimberly? I'm okay with it. Oh, gin and tonic, the old standby. The old, the old Kimberly standard. Yes. Uh, and mine is tequila and ginger ale. Oh. Tequila and ginger ale. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, you want to try it? Is that a drink? Tequila and ginger? Did you make this up? I mean, I'm sure someone's ordered it before me. So what I'm trying in Disney World that I've been told is the... So I'm going to Disney World. Are you drinking around Epcot? And we're going to drink around the world. Yes. Yes. And I've been told to start in Mexico with an avocado margarita. Absolutely. I've done this with my oh, friends. Right, you're from Florida. <laughs> I'm from Florida. And, like, we used to literally just do it. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing we do because we know when, like, the days are that it's cheaper and you go or you have a, a year Wednesdays. Pass, and you always start in Mexico. I mean, I'm a margarita person, obviously, so I start in Mexico. <laughs> We've seen. But we always start in Mexico. You spend, like, 30 minutes there, and then the rest of the world is so beautiful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Start Mexico, make your way around. Okay. I, would, I would just also like to note for the, the audience at home that you're totally representing your FSU. Hat. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> um, so, uh, social media, uh, his last name is Twitter, correct? My last name is Twitter. So, at, <laughs> at Cerberus. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. My, my Twitter name is oh, yeah. Cerberus. Yes. That was unclear. Fresh <laughs> hat, reverse yeah. it. Instagram is his full name. Michael uh, Cerberus. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can check him out on servicemusic.com. That's right. Uh, let's, just, let's just get started with some questions, and then uh, we'll go into some games and all that fun stuff. Awesome. So you're being sent to a desert island. Yeah. Okay. You're... Right now. You're, you're doing Goodbye. this? That's what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. See, I was unclear we about totally, I, didn't, I totally did not pack for that. This is naked and afraid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're sent, you're being sent to a desert island. Yeah. And you can choose two 
cast albums to take with you. Mm, okay. What are you taking? I'm taking the first cast album I ever listened to, which was that uh, Brown concept album of Jesus Christ Superstar with Ian Gillen, which is kind of the way I got into musical theater, because I was a huge Deep Purple fan, and Mm -hmm. Ian Gillen, lead singer of Deep Purple, plays Jesus in that record, and so I bought the record because of him, and then kind of like discovered like, oh, this is a musical. That's really interesting. Oh, wow. Um, So, yeah, that was my kind of backwards way into the whole world of casting. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that would be one. And then it might be that original, the first side-by-side by by Sondheim Mm. album. I mean, that's not a cast album exactly. That's okay. But, yeah. There was a cast. There was an album. I mean, there was a cast. Cast album. Because I was going to say maybe Sunday in the Park, but I think think that... There's a little more variety. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long I'm going to be on the island. That's true. You can use them as floaties. (laughs) Use them as floaties. It was a double album. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Kevin, do you have one that you would take? He gets two. You only get one. Honestly, there there was the Andrew Lloyd Webber mix that was like the premiere collection. That um, it was like a black disc and it had like Evita and like Jesus Christ Superstar and all these different things on it. And I like wore that out as a kid, so uh-huh. I have a lot of nostalgia attached to it. Uh-huh. So I would definitely bring that. Kimberly? I don't know. My answer is always merrily we roll along, and I feel like I need to, to everything. fix it. Yeah. To any like desert yeah. island. Hey, how you Because you can find something new every time. Though. And then you can listen to it backwards or forwards. <laughs> right, <laughs> true. Completely out of order. Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> It's true. That's you two shows in one. Yeah. You can maybe figure it out finally, and like you know. Yeah, and then I'll come back from the desert island and be like, like "Guys, this is how I it should be." I did it. Like <laughs> I fixed. Merrily we roll. What about you, Brian? What would yours be? My, I feel like my standard answer is Mandel La Mancha. That is also. See, true. I would feel like those, that music is so like in your body that you want to like have something else because you've yeah. it. So, or is it like a safety blanket? So, so I would bring your good man Charlie Brown. No, um, <laughs> uh, no, I would probably. Well, that I might actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I think you know, I, I think I would bring like Les Mis. That's the longest. Because it, it gives me time and it tells the full story. True. I don't know. Like, I, I guess that would be Les Mis, Mis, right? No, no, that used to be. I never, I never thought I was going to be in musical theater. Like, I never, that was not my goal when I came what to was New York. What was your goal? I just wanted to be, like, a, a straight theater actor. Mm-hmm. I kind of assumed I would mostly work in regional theater. Mm-hmm. Because, to me, you needed to either be in musicals or be British to be on Broadway. Uh-huh. And that was, that was how I thought it worked. Yeah. Right. And because I didn't Still really... Still not that far off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I'm right. Um... But I, so I didn't really plan to go into musical theater. I had done it as a kid because my dad was a, a musical theater. Well, he was he was a classical musician, a mm-hmm. pianist, and, and head of the piano department at Marshall University in West Virginia, which is where I grew up. Uh-huh. Um, and your parents but, were both went to Juilliard. They did. They met at Juilliard. And Juilliardians. They, I suppose they are Juilliard. Although that sounds like a. a a thing you can get in your intestinal tract. <laughs> <laughs> um, Suffering from the Juilliard. <laughs> oh, God. <good. Yeah. laughs> no, I'm not drinking tonight. I've got Juilliard. Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
he was there for piano and my mom was there for modern dance and she studied with Martha Graham and but they both decided not to pursue performing careers and my dad went into academia and taught and my mom taught for a while and then started raising us and um, but he still would he would musical direct the, the college shows and community theater and uh, summer stock stuff so I was around musicals and, and my dad was a huge Sondheim fan so mm-hmm. I learned about Sondheim really through him sitting me down and putting uh, a little night music on and, and explaining to me you know every song in this is a waltz and you know mm-hmm. oh, wow. I mean you've done a lot of Sondheim kind of to piggyback off that I'd love to hear more about you know your connection to that work that makes it so nuanced when you're working in that world you know, I think it began with how I was introduced to it. Mm-hmm. So it, it felt like a very personal connection. You know, my my dad's admiration for Sondheim is like on a par with his admiration for Mozart. I mean, it's like the way he listened to it and sort of delivered that to me. So I have the same kind of appreciation. And that was really all I had for the longest time until I saw my first Broadway show was the original Sweeney Todd, which I saw in previews. You saw the preview of the original? I saw it in previews before it opened. Wow. And because my dad was like, you know, we're going to take a trip oh, to yeah. New York, and right. that's what we're going to see. And see. there's a new Sondheim musical, yeah. so let's go. And, <laughs> and we were in the, the last, next to the last row of the then Eurus, now Gershwin Theater. Mm-hmm. And I remember, yeah, yeah, wow. which was Huge. cool during Fun Home. It was like, oh man, this breezeway oh. was like my first Broadway breezeway. You yeah. Know, first Broadway. Yeah, yeah. So I was there, and like from the start, from that whistle at the beginning, I was totally hooked. And watching Len Cariou, I suddenly thought, well, here's an actor, actor, who also is singing amazingly, but for me, what I was connecting with really was his acting performance and, yeah. the, and the darkness of the story and the, the complexity of, of everything there. It wasn't just sort of a shiny, happy musical. And, and that really was my first... Uh, clue that maybe there was a world of musical theater that I might actually participate in and be a part of. Because I enjoyed other musicals, but I never thought I would be suited to them. Um, And so then I went to college and I I did some musicals there, but a lot of straight plays. And and I really kind of left college and came to New York thinking, I'm just going to be a straight theater actor. And, um, And I did music on the side, but it was like rock bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but but every single young male actor in New York was like rounded up like a like the ASPCA went out and collected young male actors to audition for Les Mis every six months because you know they were constantly needing new replacements on Broadway and the 12th oh, yeah. national tour and so I would go in like every three to six months and sing uh, empty chairs again and and I would get down to the last handful of guys a few times, but every time they they decided that they wanted a singer who could act adequately, and I felt like I was an actor who could sing adequately, and that wasn't really what they were looking for. So that was like my whole musical theater experience for the longest time in New York, and I, cont- and I went and did Shakespeare and regional theater all over, and Sam Shepard and stuff, but but no musicals. And it wasn't until I got a job that took me out to L.A. to do Fame, uh, the TV series. And that took me to L.A. And then I 
Then I lived out there and sort of did regional theater based in L.A. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and that's how that's what led me to Tommy. And yeah. Tommy was what actually brought me into musical theater. So again, oh. like with Jesus Christ Superstar, it was concept kind of album. rock and roll. That yeah, like yeah. you know concept album that got me in the back door into the musical theater world. Well, speaking of a new Sondheim musical, and you mm-hmm. have to go see it, the most recent one was Roadshow right. at the Public. Right. And so me and my best friend, like, ran to see it. Yeah. And that is actually a cast album that I have probably worn out. If you can wear things out on iTunes, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm like, anytime someone says they're going to Boca Raton, I'm just like, Boca Raton. <laughs> yeah, God, I mean, it was so... It was so frustrating that it didn't have a longer life and didn't move. I, and I think a lot of it had to do with when it happened, which was right as the financial collapse was happening in 2008. Right. So, right. you know, people were afraid to take risks. And and it was a riskier show if you're trying to move it because it... Yeah. And it was also holding up a mirror to American greed and sort of showing... Why we're Why responsible for our own problem, <laughs> yeah. and people strangely didn't what is necessarily want to see that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, doing huge lines of I cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which was my favorite part. Of the yeah, show. I'm. I'm absolutely certain that there's going to be a production of it at some point that is going to arrive at the right time and the right, you know, the right perspective. Yeah. And it's suddenly, not something it's going to that will fade. I don't no. think because it's. It wasn't like. Based in the time it happened, it was. No, and right. Exactly. Well, John like, Doyle said something really interesting at this benefit I went to a little while ago. He he wants someday to do Assassins Road Show and Pacific Overtures in rep. You know, the three Sondheim Whiteman yeah. musicals, all about you know taking a look at the American psyche. Yeah, yeah. And doing it with a, a, a multi multiracial cast, so that you know you don't. <coughs> You just erase the whole question of is it okay for white actors to be in Pacific Overtures and is it okay for mm-hmm. non-white actors yeah. to be in you know other shows? John it's just yeah. like it's you know like Hamilton. It's the face of America talking about America. Yes, know? which I think would be an amazing. I thing. Think I hope it happens. I incredible. would spend like a weekend retreat anywhere right. where they did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. agreed. Honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> Could you get it done in twelve days? He's <laughs> <laughs> working on Pacific Overtures now. So it's really, we just have to throw the other two. Yeah, exactly. That's true. It's fine. Six days each, he's fine. He's got it. Yeah. It's, um, it's like summer stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's easy music to learn, guys. <laughs> there are no tough time signatures. No. <laughs> um, but let's talk about what have you seen this week? What have you seen this week? What have you seen this week? Oh, I saw something. Go for it. I saw Come From Away. Oh, did you? On Friday. Have I you really seen wanted, it yet? No, I haven't. I really want to. I loved it. Yeah. So I was... I went in knowing pretty much nothing except that someone was like, well, it's a 9-11 musical. Right. And I was like, well, that sounds, that sounds joyous. Right up my alley. Sign me up. Like, let me go relive that. Um, but it's a story that you don't really know, and they don't... I mean, everyone going in knows what day it is when they start the opening number, but they don't say the word September 11th until about 20 minutes in. So you've had time to connect to each character. Uh-huh. You've had time to accept the way the storytelling is happening. And then finally when you, like... Because, like, I don't realize, even until they said it, that I was like, oh, I know what's happening. And then they said the date, and then I don't think anyone paid attention for, like, right. two minutes. Or mm. maybe maybe 30 seconds. Because a flood of memories rushes over the individual especially audience. Especially in New York. Like, right. 
everyone is just like, well, now I'm brought back to exactly where I was the first time that that date was important. Right. Um, so it was really smart and well done that any time it verged on being like, we're going to tug at your heartstrings for the pure fact of tugging on your heartstrings because you've all been there this day, they jumped right out of going there right. and either had a laugh line or something That's awesome. like really human and individual instead of this like collective memory that the audience was sharing. Uh-huh. Well, and it seems like from what I've heard that it's really about something that I think right now must be so comforting and satisfying to be in the midst of, which is like a group of people welcoming strangers Without without question who are, you know, they doubled the population of this little town yeah. in Newfoundland, and every like no one had their doors locked. Right. Like, and so that. it was like this weird cathartic moment of just like, there people are capable of loving each other no matter what, right. and like. Can we, can we raise a glass to that? Yeah. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. It like, it was very hopeful. You left very hopeful for the world and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, thumbs up. Thumbs up. 100%. Okay. It was also so cool because the cast is small and they all play like 12 very specific people in the town and then they all switch into 12 very specific people on one plane that landed there. Oh. Oh. So the app, and you don't quite realize until they've switched back to the Newfoundland people and they've waved goodbye to the plain people, as they call them, and they take their bow and you're like, where's the other half of the cast? Uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. And that was another, like, everyone is everyone is everyone. Yeah. And there were people from Canada in the audience that night that I saw it. So there were, like, lots of hoot and hollers at jokes that I didn't necessarily get. Right. But right. I think that's why I liked it too, because I was just like, oh, it's that so was international. an insider joke <laughs> 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 about Canada. <laughs> it's like a different country up there. So. Michael, have you seen anything recently? Um, I think the last thing I saw was uh, the Glass Menagerie revival. Oh, oh um, yeah. I've heard very polarizing opinions yeah. on it. Yeah, which, me too. Yeah, which I think is a, an indication that you're doing something meaningful and important yeah. if people are, you know, starkly divided about it. I I loved it. I mean, I, I admit that my first reaction when I heard that it was happening was like, already? You know, because... It you know, was, what, five years ago with Cherry Jones? I think it... Yeah, it's bad. Um, and then before that, there was the Jessica Lange one, I yeah. think, yeah. Not yeah. before that. But I felt like within... 10 or 15 minutes of, of the play starting that it made an, an, un, uh, an indisputable case for doing it again really? because of this production, because of the way Sam Gold has directed it, yeah. because of the way it's uh, it's performed by, you know, this remarkable cast. And, um, and I... I mean, I... I, d- I don't not understand people's objections to it and, and people's quarrels with, you know, whether he's messing with William's intent or... Although, you know, people love to, to declare that they know, especially with the classic plays, yeah, yeah. they know what the author intended oh, and, sure. you know, what right. they would have You learn it one way and that's the way it should be done. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. My professor, my freshman year, told me it was right. supposed to be this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
it is, it's, you know, it's performed, it starts with the house lights up and the actors come in and... Uh, like Brechtian or... Well, just, I mean, I suppose that is a Brechtian distancing kind of thing, but it's really, I think, a part of Sam's uh, attempt from the get-go to, to thwart your expectations that you're seeing a glass menagerie that's going to be comfortable and familiar and, and that you can just kind of sit back and enjoy it the way you always enjoy glass menagerie if mm-hmm. you do. You know, they're they're in street in contemporary clothes for the most part, so there's a kind of rehearsal aspect to it. Um, but I think the most significant thing in in that part of of the show is that the actress who plays Laura, rather than being a you know a sort of delicate, fragile, wafy actor who's limping a lot of the time yeah. to you know convey Laura's. Uh, ailment is an actress who is has muscular dystrophy, I believe, is uh, oh, okay. is and you know actually does lives most of her life in a wheelchair. When she gets out of a wheelchair, it's a very complicated process, and and so that's sort of put front and center. Not I didn't feel in a way that sensationalizes or anything. It just it it's a it's kind of presented in a way that asks you to really look at the truth of what life is like for a person who has to deal with that, who has that reality, and for their family, because it also affects their family a great deal. And that that is at the center of what the Glass Menagerie is about. Um, So I found it profoundly moving. I found it so refreshing to see something that I know and do love very well. Uh, in such a different way and to feel things in this production that I've never felt in other productions of the show. Um, you know, it's not going to be for everybody, but I think it's, I think it's really important and, and meaningful and, and valuable. And, and the four of them are all fantastic. I think, yeah. I, I told Sam afterwards, if, if you had just done the gentleman caller scene alone, I would have gone home. <laughs> <laughs> totally satisfied. That's amazing. That scene is so good. Yeah, really anyway, so and, yeah. if you like add any sort of different, yeah, view, elevated it all. Yeah. If you add Gidget to it, like I'm yeah. gonna. Well, like, <laughs> that, that, that was for my mom. That was for my mom. And Finn Woodrock is really fantastic gentleman caller. Uh-huh. And he does, he seems, I think people have said that he seems like he's from a sort of more traditional production to play, which is also kind of perfect because they talk about him being an emissary from a different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he, so he is kind of like that. He's called a gentleman caller. Yeah. My mom saw The Glass Menagerie when I was in middle school or high school. I don't remember what it was. But she had never seen it before or read it. And then proceeded to call all of my boyfriend's gentlemen callers <laughs> for years. Hey, the if someone came to me, Cooper. she would have said, there's a gentleman caller on the phone, and I would be like, 12, just like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Hand me the phone. I get so tired of seeing revivals that are just like museum pieces or yeah. or yep. comforting us. To, you know, it's, it's sort of you often feel like it's revivals are, are being done by people who really wish they'd been in the earlier production of it. And, and I totally understand that feeling. Yeah. It's like you see something, it's like, oh, I wish I could have been in that. And but you've also been in incredibly unique revivals. I, that's true, and I think it's why it didn't occur to me until a while into the process that Fun Home is one of the only musicals that I've originated a role 
end. Oh, yeah. I was the first. No, I mean, there were there were workshops and incarnations that I right, right, right. But as far as you know, actual productions, I was creating a role for the first time because the revivals that I've done, and there have been a lot of them, but. I felt like we were doing a new show, even mm-hmm. though it, it hasn't been done before. Yeah. And because, like, when you talk about revivals, like, there needs to be a reason for audiences to need to see it again. Absolutely, you know, and like have something pay, to say. Like, we like, needed yeah. to see the color purple. Right, like, we, like, we yes, needed we, that version. Like, yes, and, like, yes, like the pared down Sweeney Todd needed to happen to show like the beauty, the artistry, and the story. Yeah, wouldn't take away all the yeah. like flash and everything of the other the, the original, and just kind of show like the dark reality of human nature and yeah. I think that's what this revival did especially if people playing their own music it's such a like an interesting idea to kind of show up people like march to their own band like play their own tune like they bring their own reality in that show and I think that that scene through the music is a yeah. lovely like turn on its head of and it lets you see something that you love already in a in a new way, and that's to me that's really exciting. You know, that's yeah, absolutely. The, Eileen is uh, here with our drink, so we're very happy. And this one's on the house since you're creating. Oh, that's so sweet you. of you. Thank 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 you. Cheers, Eileen. Eileen. Cheers. Trying to. So much more fun than me getting up and going into the kitchen and making our own drinks at my house. Let's play a game. Okay, ready? All right, game. I made up a really silly game. I love it. You have no idea what you're about to get into. <laughs> Not the slightest. This game is called Concept Album. Okay. Oh. I have little slips of paper. Everyone's going to pick a band. Okay. Okay. Like a band band? Yeah. Like a record record? Like a record Everyone's record record? the band. Everyone knows. Everyone's going to pick the band. Great. Everyone is going to pick a first name, arcade game. So, Kimberly, just give me what I'm supposed to have. Do you want to go first? Yes. Yeah, Kimberly will go first. I'll go first. So, you're going to get a band. You didn't know what you're doing yet. I'm brave. Okay. So, you know, the Who's Tommy was a pinball wizard. I would just like you to give just a brief synopsis of the musical in front of you. The great, yes. I have the Grateful Dead Susan. Is a ski ball sorcerer. <laughs> Just a brief synopsis, and like if you can so think a, of right. a, a measure so, of a song. So, brief synopsis. Great. This musical would be about Susan, who is actually born with no arms, <laughs> but, but she's a sorcerer. So she's like the king of ski ball because she just like blinks her eyes and the ski balls fly forward and and score points. Oh! And, and she takes a really long time to do her magic, so that's why it's the Grateful Dead because it's like thirty minute songs <laughs> for every time that she plays. <laughs> Jam band. I'm so, so that's, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Grateful it's Dead. Kind of like Susan, the, Nicholas the ski ball yeah, exactly. sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a seventeen hour musical based on a Charles Dickens novel. It was done first in Germany. Yeah. If you're seated, you can't leave your seat or else you miss the rest of the show. It's coming to BAM soon. <laughs> Who would like to go next? Michael? I'll go next. Okay. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Michael, what do you got for us? I have InSync's Eugene. <laughs> Perfect name. Perfect name. Eugene is a claw machine warlock. <laughs> Funny claw machine story. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Orlando, okay. um, when Fun Home went down to do uh, a benefit, oh, yeah, yeah. right, um, for the, the the families and the, the city after the, the Pulse nightclub tragedy, um, we after the performance we all ended up back at the the hotel we were all staying, and you know it was a really emotional night, and and it was also. We knew that we were closing soon. There was a chance for us to kind of all sort of get together and, and hang out. And we were in Florida in this, like, resort that had had given us rooms. And we were all hanging out at the pool at, you know, in the middle of the night. But everybody was starving. So I volunteered to go across to Popeye's Chicken, which was across the... What a delicious treat. Right? <laughs> but Popeye's, unfortunately, closed before I got there. So there was a, there was a, like, a dinery kind of place right next door. So I made, you know, got this big order for everybody, and and, uh, and there was a claw machine in it. And so I had time while they were making the order, so I played the claw machine, That's as you do. a very dinery thing to have. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I think probably for the first, and I'm sure for the only time in my life, actually won at the claw machine. Oh, really? I don't actually think it's you're supposed to be able to you're not ever win. No. Yeah. And what I won was... It makes it even better. It was a kiss doll. It was it was a Peter Chris stuffed stuffed Peter Chris doll from Kiss. Oh That's man! So I came back not only with a whole lot of really great fried food and quesadillas and stuff, but a kiss doll named Orlando, <laughs> who who ended up backstage for the remainder of the run, and every night. People would take him. Usually, the kids would take him and hide him in a different place. So you would have to find him somewhere backstage. That's amazing. Every day. Did anyone end up with him? Uh, I did, of course. Oh, you have all oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And here he is. And here he is. Now. <laughs> he goes everywhere with me. It's not creepy. Yeah, it's he's the, like your family. He's my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's your Linus. You have a blankie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So let's hear more okay, about. Okay. So the well. Eugene. I'm not really so familiar with the oeuvre of uh, NSYNC, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it's obviously a boy uh, band-based musical in which uh, Eugene is the one cut from the band early on. Oh. always his name is Eugene. Yes, and he's been hanging out. He's actually the best singer in the band, but, you know, his name is Eugene, and... Uh, and he becomes like a mascot sort of to the band. Like, you know, he brings the towel, he sets the towels at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and, you know, brings the, you know, the bottled water when necessary. So he's um, like Rudy. He's totally Rudy. Instinct's <laughs> <laughs> Rudy. It, it, originally, it was called Rudy. But, <laughs> but then, like, it was like, it was like a involved. contractual right. thing. Right. Like, yeah, the studio yeah, was, like, I, I doing totally their own understand. thing. <laughs> 
one of the members of the boy band dies tragically. Oh, no. And, but Eugene sort of has accepted his lot as, you know, just not meant to be in the band, but he wants to contribute, he wants to give back to the band. So, unbeknownst to the rest of the band, he's had this skill as a warlock, which he's also been a little bit embarrassed about. He, uh, he goes one night, the night before the Enormo Dome, you know, concert that they're going to have to cancel if they don't have... I believe he was the countertenor of the group. I'm not sure I remember exactly. But, JC? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so they're getting ready for the Superdome. Yes. Yeah. They're, exactly. they're ready to go. They're going big time. And uh, he's just, you know, despairing, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to help. And he's gone to fill in name of diners outside the Enormo Dome yeah. that night, crying into his latte and just really upset about trying to figure out what to do. And there's a claw machine there. A claw! A claw. <laughs> yes. And using, for the first time, his warlock powers, he actually retrieves from deep in the claw machine huddle a singer for the band. Yes. They're able to perform. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a triumphant, uplifting it's a kind good. of story. It's a feel-good story. It's Rudy. So <laughs> yeah. so basically, it's Rudy. Ready for yours, Brian? All right, I'm always ready for mine. Are we ready for Brian? That's the real question. I think the answer is usually no. <laughs> yeah. Right? You heard that the opening. Always <laughs> you heard that opening. Yes, you're welcome. Did you put these together on purpose? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I have the Carpenters present Kevin, the air hockey muggle. (laughs) (laughs) The Carpenters, another fun fact. Yeah. First concert I ever saw. The Carpenters. Really? Really? Were they incredible? They were incredible. Her voice is ridiculous. And and Karen played drums. Live Whoa. in the show, it was amazing. Jeez. I used to be really embarrassed that, like that, you know, my first concert experience. Well, mine was Shania Twain, so I'm in well, the embarrassment. Mine was Rascal Flatts. Exactly. Mine was Weird Al. Weird Al. I mean, I did go to a Rafi concert, probably. Oh well, Baby uh, Beluga uh, was okay. in the Deep Deep Sleep. Baby Beluga, yes. I'm so to tell I can't us about wait the, to hear about the Carpenters, Kevin. Kevin. Okay, Kevin by the Carpenters. So, it's not about you. Oh. There's other Kevins in this world? No, it's about you. Okay. So, <laughs> so essentially, Kevin's just, just like this guy from Florida. <laughs> right. Who in an FSU cap. Yeah. <laughs> with a backwards FSU cap. All the time. He moves to New York. Okay. And he, his, his life is a folk song. And he just goes from bar to bar trying to find something, trying to find himself. Does he go to Peter McManus Bar on the corner of 7th yeah. Avenue and 20th Street? That's So he actually, the concept, this is a, con, this is a concept. Do you say he is on the top of the world? He's like, <laughs> is he looking down on creation? I would say that. Okay. <laughs> Do they all want to be close to you? <laughs> yes. He starts up in Inwood. Yep. But he knows the way to San Jose. It's about you. <laughs> <laughs> he works his way downtown mm-hmm. to Peter McManus Bar. Ah. And it's a, that today. It's That's a, working my way downtown. It's a bar hopping musical. Oh, wow. And Sign the staying on brand. That's actually really cool. Right? And the thematic element is that each bar he goes into yeah. has an air hockey table. And his skills 
progress as he ends up at the last bar. Am I getting drunker? Even though he's bar? a mother. You're getting drunker as it goes, and but you're getting better at air hockey. <laughs> but as the show goes on, right. the crazier things are happening to you. So the first bar, you meet somebody who's like this like weird like kind of guy, and he teaches you how to play air hockey. So as you get down here, it all comes first full circle because you actually end up playing the first person, and it's like Ingmar Bergman style where you're playing death. Oh. So the this whole is a, this is a lot. The whole time you've been learning about yourself because you lost to death in your first one, but he let you slide. And then the literally slide because of the air hockey table. We need to write this musical. Wow. And at the last bar, yeah. you end up playing him uh-huh. and you win. Yeah. But we don't know what that means. It like ends like inception where like the top is like kinda spinning and then and then you don't know. But you found what you need to find, so it doesn't matter what the top does. It doesn't matter if you won or lost, because you found what you need to find in here. I'm touching his heart. <laughs> yeah, that is has to be clear. Yeah, all to the tunes of the Carpenters. <laughs> do I get to do one? Yes. Oh fun? yes. Yeah, of course. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm always ready because for you. What I you have, have to say, Fleetwood Max Jeff. <laughs> oh yes. Doesn't Jeff sound like somebody you should be Would you do a shot at? if I ordered one? Always. Sure. Sure. Eileen, yeah. can we do a round of shots, please. Sure. Fleetwood Mac presents Jeff, the Miss Pac-Man psychic. Before we do this, let's let's do our shot. We have a shot of Jameson. Oh, God. A shot of Jameson. Um, it's almost my birthday. Yeah, we'll do it to your... To, to Kimberly's birthday. Kimberly's birthday. Yes. And, and, uh, and we're in an wedding. Irish bar with an Irish lady who's born on St. Patrick's Day. So really? Let's go. It doesn't really get more hard <laughs> does it? <sighs> All right, Kimberly. Tell us more we're about... We're going to love this so much more now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Jeff. 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 Was at a party. Okay. Ooh. He was playing Miss Pac-Man, and in his mind, his psychic mind, saw this woman behind him. Rihanna? Rihanna. Wow. Who was wearing this long, flowy dress. She had a tambourine. And Jeff turns around, and she's already left, because in his mind, he was seeing the future. Wow. So Jeff had to figure out what day his dream woman was going to be standing behind the Miss Pac-Man game, looking for his manic pixie dream girl in the future, because he is from 1999, and she is from 2012, when they became a thing. Right. And then just one day, I don't know, he plays regular Pac-Man, and he eats this, like, very exciting... Ghost. Okay. That is not one of the normal colors that comes in Pac-Man. I don't play it enough to know the normal colors to tell you one that doesn't exist in the normal game. He gets transported through that Pac-Man machine from the arcade, which used to exist, to a barcade in Williamsburg called Tusk. Trendy Trendy. I'm in. Trendy. Trendy. And he meets Rhiannon. Rihanna. And he meets Rihanna. <laughs> Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> she's shown oh, bright. She's a tambourine. Diamond. D- diamond tambourine. That's what tambourines sound like? Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Dove. What are we talking about? I have no idea. Anyway, they make out. Curtain falls. Done. I love, love it. it. I'm in. And, oh, and, the, and, band, curtain falls and in the band me, members like, sleep together and myself. break up and... Yeah, yeah, yeah that then sense. it gets yeah. really awkward. That's a subplot. Now that we've talked about bands, I'd love to talk about um, Loose Cattle. Yes. Um, and I'd love to actually talk about... 
Sorry? The musical. The musical Loose Cattle. Um, it's, there are, I'm going to stop making jokes at that point. <laughs> and, um, and I'd actually like to talk about your creative process when writing songs and producing albums versus kind of the nuances and the creation of a character. In the, in the theater setting, you're creating a story. You're working with others to really make this very pointed and, 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 and working with the director to make sure that it flows Focuses within the content. Yeah. But on the, uh, when, when you're working by yourself, it's open-ended. And so how do you compare the two in terms of your creative process? Well, it's, it's a really interesting question. I haven't really thought about it too much, but I think even though it begins in different places, I think it arrives at a similar place. I think part of what, once I started spending time writing music and finishing songs, it actually made my life as an actor so much happier because I wasn't dependent on, as an actor, you have to wait around for somebody else to give you the opportunity to do what you do for the most part, unless you're John Cameron Mitchell and can kind of create your own right, work. Right. But even then, you're sort of stepping into a different role for yourself and then giving yourself an opportunity you know, with somebody else, with Stephen Trask mm-hmm. and Peter Askin, to sort of you know make this thing. So you can it can get very frustrated and very disheartened because you feel like right. So when you get out of college and you come to New York, the most shocking thing is I'm going to spend all of my tri- time working to get the opportunity to do what I actually want to do, as opposed to doing what I want to do, and. And it gets very frustrating and gets, some people get really disheartened and give up eventually. What, and I, you know, I struggled with the same thing until I started writing music and then I had a creative outlet so I could be creative and not wait for somebody else to give me a chance to do it. And people find their own ways to do that. Other people, you know, paint or, you know, garden or whatever they do. But it's, I think it's really important to have an outlet that you have some control over and some agency over. Um, And once I started to do that and find that I could fill my time at home working on a song for hours and hours and hours, Mm -hmm. I was so much more laid back about my acting career because it was like, you know, when it comes, it'll be great. But in the meantime, I'm actually being fulfilled doing this other thing. Um, I can't eat doing it, but you know yeah. I can do it. Right. So you can sell a Tony. I can, <laughs> <laughs> you actually can't. You sign something when you get it that says if you ever sell it, you'll sell it back to the Tony people for a dollar. Whoa! Really? Yeah. So two dollars? That's a that. McDonald's menu? Like you, you know, can kill on that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the Tony committee, high. you're worth two dollars. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, yeah. It, it kind of keeps me, you know, in line. Keep, they, those yeah. Tonys keep you humble. <laughs> yeah, they do. Interesting. <laughs> I think that what you were saying though is really true. That that I find the thing I love most about acting in theater is really the rehearsal part. I mean, I, I enjoy performing and I enjoy the connecting with an audience and sort of doing this event together, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really kind of love is just being intensely in the room with a bunch of other people and trying to, you know, all the excavation and, and the, you know, the period where you don't know where you're headed and, and you kind of find it together. And I enjoy writing and sort of trying to get my idea into some sort of 
coherent shape, but it doesn't feel finished until I bring in other people to work on it. You know, I, Mike, I, can I ask you the question that artists usually hate being asked? Absolutely. When you are in the What's writing, your favorite color? <laughs> when you're in the writing process for your music, what usually comes first for you, the music or the words? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is um, your favorite color? Uh, I tend... I used to always be blue. Um, I've begun to really enjoy a nice brown and green kind of, in a more earthy sort of thing. Totally. Ah, but I still I still wear a lot of blue. Yeah. Because Peter of what Pan it does palette. to my eyes. Blue is a solid color. A Peter Pan palette? Palette, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's the word, sometimes it's... It's music. It's more often music because I'll I'll just sit down with my guitar and just kind of noodle around, and then I'll suddenly get an idea for something, and um, and then I'll tend to sort of kind of follow that for a while and put that together, and then I'll put it on tape and just walk around with it for a while and see what words what, come. Words come. But occasionally, words or even like a lyric, like a chorus or a title or something, will come, and then. That can be really useful because it's sort of an organizing principle that you yep. can sort of structure the rest. Around. Of yeah, and maybe this is because I sort of you know thought of myself as a, a straight dramatic actor and finding my way into thank you into um, musical theater. Cheers. I've always been cheers, oh, cheers, fierce cheers, fierce cheers. <laughs> I still feel like I primarily roll along. What's that? You say merrily? You said primarily. <laughs> oh, oh, primarily. Uh, I merrily roll along. Um, yes, merrily roll along as told by primates. <laughs> primarily, we roll along. Primarily. Yeah. Along. That's the 2001 Space Odyssey musical. <laughs> primarily, we roll along. Primarily, we drift along. Yeah. Ape must not kill ape. <laughs> great film. Really great film. Great film. Really great film. Oh, great. You guys are alone. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we've just Is that turned into... James Franco um, one? <laughs> <laughs> we've just turned into a uh, movie podcast. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? I'm going to interrupt this. Oh, God. Favorite movie? Is that thing people have answers to? John Wilkes Booth to your head. What's your favorite John movie? John Wilkes Booth to your head. All right, Kimberly, yeah, if you had to answer right now, what was your favorite movie? What would you say? A Knight's Tale. Because that's why I decided my favorite movie was when I was 13, and I've never said anything else. Great. That's a good choice. Kevin, go. No, stop, stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go. Uh, Perks Mean Wallflower. Really? Yeah. I wow. Think it's a brilliant never movie. seen it. Great, amazing acting, and it's something that I think... But that's so new. I know, but I love it. Great. No, that's I've okay. I've watched it so many times he, he since it came out. didn't love a movie until fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, other movies, I was like, ah, they're movies. Right. Michael, go. What's your favorite uh, movie? What's your favorite movie? movie? Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. I thought you were going to say, Dude, where's Great. my car? <laughs> Was it close second? Yeah, yeah. Dude, close second. Yeah. Ryan, favorite movie? Cinema Paradiso, and it will never not be my favorite movie. What? Well, that's like all movies in one movie. <coughs> I'm, 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 it's, it's I, like so Ryan the answers of a movie in a movie. The only thing that's that comes movie. close is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I mean, Peter O'Toole's eyes alone are worth going to the movie. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, 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 I want to ask one question before we play our final game. Yes. I listened to your album, um, Piety, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of um, pop rock undertones. Mm-hmm. 
British specifically. Yeah. And and there's a lot of full storytelling, and there's a classical aspect to it, where like especially the way it's produced with the strings coming the strings, in. Yeah. Did you play every instrument? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my question. <laughs> where was the mindset of being the specificity versus being able to st- take a step back and seeing how the album flowed? Like, well, it was really interesting because I've most of my life kind of done everything myself. You know, I, in the early days, it's like you sit with your home recording thing and you you record everything and you have a little drum machine for the drum parts. And, yeah. You know, and I played the bass parts and the guitar parts. But I always found it slightly unsatisfying because all the ideas were just me. So there was nothing surprising to me, except for that surprise that you get sometimes when you're writing and, you, right. and yeah, something yeah. comes in and you're like, wow, how did I think of that? I kind of feel like I didn't think of that. Like somehow I but just... that like strange departure from someone else bringing an idea. Yeah, I, I see it's so much, so much more exciting. And then at a certain point I started, uh, I think it was a combination of spending more time down south and in New Orleans where I have a, a house now and I grew up in the south in West Virginia which is a very different kind of south than New Orleans but yeah. still like very different to globally here. to here yeah, yeah. Right. and and I kind of realized that I had grown up with so much more acoustic music and folk music and country music uh, and also I think I started as I got older to make peace with these two, what felt like two very separate you know kind of schizophrenic personalities like my rock and roll music side and my theatrical side. What's your favorite musical? Also a difficult question, but probably you guys both took a drink at exactly the same time. <laughs> um, probably Sunday in the Park. That's mine. So That's you know what? Let's play a game. Okay. Final game. Close okay. us out. I, do you know these? Yes, I do. So you're going to open this pack of Squig's Lights of Broadway cards for okay. us. Lights of Broadway show cards. Nice Squig's. Autumn 2016 edition. Autumn 2016. All right, so Michael's going to open a pack. Okay. Yes. And if you could try your best to not show us who you're seeing and try to get us to guess who's in that pack. Okay. A la Taboo. So you can say everything but their name. This is a person. Oh, oh and Eileen is here to give us another oh. shot of Jameson. Storms are coming. It's coming. We're snowmageddon. We're doing a shot with Eileen. To Stella. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so he's opening in the pack. Okay. It's a person. It's a performer. Okay. So, wait, we're guessing it? It's a performer, yeah, we're guessing Yeah, like Taboo. Oh, Taboo, all right. Michael Serbs. I mean, I could say one word, I could say one syllable that you would get it from. Okay. Babs. Barbara Streisand. There you go. That's a nice. That's card. a good card. A people, card. people who need show cards. <laughs> Me. In, in the, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to draw this out, perhaps, or maybe sure. you guys are just so savvy that it'll take no time at all. I'm not sure, but I suspect this was his first Broadway musical. Uh, John Goodman. The first name is correct. John. Cameron Mitchell? Yes. Is that it? Wow. Well, no, that's, that's... Hedwig. No, his first Broadway musical. So that's Secret Garden. It is indeed. Oh, John Cameron shows me the Secret Garden. Yes. When a thing is wick, you know a thing what? About Good it. for him. Nice. And I didn't Were realize this. Obsessed? Rebecca Luker. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure was. She was Lily. Yeah. 
Next card. Okay. Um, this show was responsible for um, keeping Kelly O'Hara from suffering the same fate as the King and I. Yes. <laughs> she finally won Whoa. her Tony. You like Good how I bring back. it all together? Yeah. Number six ah. is the magic number for and her. If I, and if I cut the Peter O'Toole part, that's going to make no sense. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a playwright. Okay. Shakespeare. Um, John Cariotti. <laughs> it's it's our American Shakespeare. Tennessee Williams. Uh, Edward Albee. Um, right. those, those are all all very good. Our our contempt. Our August more, our more, Yes. There it is. Oh, there you go. L- next and final. Well, here's a fun fact. Okay. This it, this is a, a performer. He and his dad performed in To Kill a Mockingbird together. That is a fun fact. I don't... Gregory Peck? I don't know the answer to. Is it no? Gregory Peck's son? He, he played Jem, an actor who was in both Ghost and Gentleman's Die. Bryce Pinkham. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Difference between Tony 1 and Tony 2. Ten years... <laughs> and um, that's the end. <laughs> uh, just like I, I mean, I know that you had a more of an emo- a, a real connection with Fun Home, and I think I think the first one, honestly, I think the first one felt like a gift, and the second one felt like something I had worked my entire yeah. life for. You, I mean, we've all seen the show, and we can all state that you were. You it was, were the it was something blood else. of that show. There was something that was like there was something that reached the audience and not just like touched them, but like slapped them in the face with realness. And I think that was your performance. And I think that we can all attest to the fact that like that that See, Tony was deserved. I disagree. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think he deserved it at all. He was terrible. <laughs> what hit me from that show was the evolution of the three Allisons. Sure. I can see that. And okay. the Bruce character was the constant throughout. I think that's I think an interesting... Was, go ahead. We did a... We did a no, 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 you don't get to say. You, okay. you were in it. So, <laughs> so, no, 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 no explain. We had a rehearsal late in the process where Janine had the three Allisons... Garofalo. <laughs> <laughs> really... Tragically underappreciated contributor to <laughs> Big Rock. Daria. And, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's been lovely about it, but, you know, I think now we can tell the tale. <laughs> tell the tale can of you Janine imagine? Garofalo. Yeah. We tell the tale of Janine, Janine Garofalo. Garofalo. <laughs> she would be an awesome older Allison. Actually. Yeah, I she think would. so. You know. Yeah. Eileen is just showing up with... Yes, oh, I think he's bringing us food. This thing goes right after that. It really. It's teetering as it is. And mozzarella sticks. Wow. Eileen knows the way to my heart right now. <laughs> wow. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks, Eileen. Is it hot? And she's um I think that's the magic of Fun Home is that you can go into it and follow different people's stories. I think that, like, 
Like, I think it's really poignant that Brian was able to follow the three of Allison's reactions to the world, whereas, like, as a gay man going to see the show, I very much identified with the Bruce character. And it was a very big wake-up call to what I have available to me in the 2017 era, as as opposed to what was available to what Bruce had. And we had had somebody come up to us once who said, I totally understand that Ring of Keys moment. For me, it was the first time I saw a Marine in dress blues. And mm. that was when I, you know, realized I wanted to go into, you know, the service. And it's like, but there were so many people who would come up to us after the show and say, my, my family was nothing like this. But my family was exactly like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And there, it's the beauty of what Janine and Lisa and Sam created that if it has any agenda, the agenda is just compassion and... And humanity, and it and it opens all the windows and doors and lets you come in wherever your entrance is. You can find a way in, and then once you're there, you connect to all the things, and you and you actually understand other people's perspectives, which is pretty much the most you can ask from yeah. the theater. A friend of mine said, "I had a sister who who was lesbian, and and our family was totally cool with it from the time that she came out and." We thought, you know, it never occurred to me that she had any difficulty. But watching the show, I suddenly realized, oh, but for the rest of the world, she, you know, there's this whole other experience that she had that she didn't have in the family, but she probably had in the world. And I never really considered what it must have been like for her. It's it's so true. Um, So I guess we we, uh, we're going to end. We end every episode as we're eating our chicken. Um, and mozzarella sticks. We end every episode um, with a thank you to Kevin for no. Uh, <laughs> I was like, just really, get about, through the whole experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about time. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was this was really fantastic. I genuinely enjoyed every bit of it. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. Um, and we're happy to be live here at, at Peter McManus. Yeah. Cafe. On cafe. What is it? 19th and 7th? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should just like meet here regularly. I'm in. Yeah, I'm down. Like no, Monday nights. Or not. Here we just go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. You can check him out on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud um, through his website, or just like type in his name, um, or like go to Fun Home and then click his name, and then it will open up his whole um, music list. It's really excellent. So we all have to go to the bathroom. We- That's true. I <laughs> so do. I'm gonna end it with a quote. We end it with every quote. We quote with every. Oh my gosh. And then with every quote. And because what? because <laughs> because we talked about rock and we talked about theater, I'm going to combine the two. Oh, God. okay. So, like, Impressive. guys, tonight uh, I'm going to have uh, myself a real good time. <laughs> uh, I feel alive, and the uh, the world. I'll, I'll turn it inside out. Uh, yeah, and uh, floating around in uh, what are the uh, what's that drug? Ecstasy. Uh, so, don't stop me now. Uh, don't stop, stop me, now. me now. So that's obviously we will rock you, but most importantly, that is the greatest frontman of all time, Freddie Mercury. Hell yeah! <sighs> Making it. Fun fact: John Cameron and I were in the early workshop of what became we, we Will Rock You. Oh, really? But at that point, it was a Queen musical about actual band Queen. Uh, we end every episode with our favorite, my favorite cadence to any song ever created. Because you're the worst. Because I'm the worst. Suit you up, Eileen, can we have another round of shots, please? I have to go to the bathroom so bad. In the bathroom, yeah.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.